Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 189. Albert, quick, go back, repeat that. Welcome to the One Player Podcast. Hey, Julius, how you doing? I'm doing quite well. Good to hear from you, Albert. Excellent. Yep, doing well here, too. Um, ready to talk about a new game. Yeah, this is a definitely an awesome little new game. It is a solo, in my opinion, solo only game. We are going to be talking today about Warp's Edge from Renegade Games, and it is a solo game by Scott Alms. That's right, and it's part of the the Solo Hero series, which is the same as the Proving Grounds, which Julius introduced a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, maybe. <laughs> However long ago it was, we don't know anymore. And I'll tell you, I I got this game because of your review of. Uh, Approving grounds. See, reviews work. Yeah, it sounded so interesting. I said, man, I want to get a game in this series. I didn't want to get the same one only just because you'd have reviewed it. I mean, I'd play it, but honestly, with, with time being so limited, and <laughs> it just made sense. To just, you know, let me just get the next one. I hate to agree with you. I, I do the same thing all the time. Like, if you if you tell me about a game on here and I really like it, I actually tend not to buy it anyway just because we've already reviewed it. Like, I'm putting my time and effort, and I can't produce content on it. Uh, it's an interesting <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's an interesting dilemma. All that aside, let us start actually talking about Warp's Edge, and we could talk about the joys of podcasting in another episode. So, Albert, why don't you give us a brief summary of Warp's Edge so that we can go ahead and start talking about it. All right. Well, Warp's Edge, the summary is in the game itself. It brings a little storybook about it. This, so the story is your uh, starfighter, fighting a horde of aliens that were supposedly attacking your your planet or whatever and you you decided to run away and now you're fighting the mother a mothership by its a mothership and all the associated fighter ships by yourself because you abandoned everybody else and that is the theme of the game abandoned everybody else mm-hmm. hmm, you clearly read more of the actual book did you not read the storybook I've read the little short story in the rule book. I have not read the whole storybook that comes with it. Oh, gosh. I started off with a spoiler. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, so that's the theme. You're, you're a starfighter, and you're you're fighting uh, the enemy ships. The interesting twist about this theme is that in this universe, the technology you have in your ship has a reset button, basically, where if you die, you get reset back to the... No, not if you die. Begin in the story. No, it's not if you die. Only one ship does it reset, even if you die. What do you mean, only one ship? One of the ships, if you actually get shot down, you still reset. If on the other ships, if you get shot down, you do not reset. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. In the story, though, the way it worked was the guy got shot down and he reset. So that's the way I've imagined it. But you're right. It's basically mechanically, it doesn't happen that way. Except for one ship, where it does. Yep, except for one ship. <laughs> you ruined my intro. <laughs> well, talking about all this other world building that they've clearly done and I've not put the effort into. And <laughs> okay. about the actual game. All right. Uh, you know, I should open the show notes. What's the first thing we cover? Uh, the rules, Albert. The rules. Okay. So this game, the the rules are, are pretty darn clear and pretty simple to figure out. So it's a simple mecha- game mechanically. And... You know, it's, it's a bag-building game. We didn't mention that. We probably should. <laughs> it's a simple bag-building game, pretty straightforward. I found it all relatively clear and easy to follow. Um, I do have a few quips about it, but nothing, nothing really big. 
quips about the rules? Ye- yes, the rule book, the layout. The The last page is a reference of all the icons for all the different counters you could pull out of the bag. Sure. Um, But then there's some other items that are not in the bag, right? Um, You mean the rewards? Re- like if, if you destroy, yeah, the rewards. If you destroy the ship, you get a reward. And yes. those, you have to open the book and flip back a couple pages to find the, yes. what the rewards are. <laughs> and it's a weird way it's set up. I do the, agree the page, with you on that. Yeah. The page that should have been the last page is the rewards. Is a picture. <laughs> the icon token explanation, you tend not to need all of those every game. You, you will need the rewards yeah. every single game. And there are two reward icons that are extremely similar. There is the black <laughs> circle question mark, and there's the white circle question mark. The black one gives you a power token. So you'll have uh, yellow tokens as a certain type of token that you can get. If it's a black circle, that means that you get a yellow token. If it's a white one, then you get any of the other token <laughs> yeah and i may have messed that up because because of the fact that it's hard to find this rules reference oh excuse me it's not even a, <laughs> specifically a yellow token it's either the black one is either a white or a yellow the white one can be also a green a blue or a red token like it's it's the most ridiculous icon ever mm-hmm. it's that's it's so annoying yeah so so that's i mean that's probably the biggest quip right there with the rules and it really is not that big a deal i mean my solution was just i printed that page an extra time from the rule book online because i was referring to that so frequently until Mm. i managed to get that down it's it's Mm -hmm. definitely a niggling detail that they should have corrected yeah and and you know the when you open the rule book inside the last page it's just a nice big piece of artwork which mm-hmm. is pretty, but at least could have been there. <laughs> yeah. You know, otherwise it's it's a good rule book. Everything is, you know, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Well, I think there is one thing that I think is not simple, and I think it's the the one of the cruxes of the game. Warping. You brought up this idea of warping, exactly, that you warp back in time. And you sort of think like thematically you're having a big giant reset button, right? Everything resets. But in all reality, and you have to do some explanation of why this is, but the warp leaves two things unaffected. It leaves your ship unaffected, and it leaves the mothership unaffected. For some reason, whatever the technology is, doesn't affect those two things. It affects every single other ship, but your ship and the mothership are unaffected, which means that any settings that the mothership has any damage the mothership has. And the same is true for you. Any of your damage does not get reset. You stick with exactly what it is that you have. Your token bag mm-hmm. reshuffles, but what you have in it, your your deck essentially, does not get reset. And I do not think that was adequately explained. I did have to go get clarification on it. And for being a major part of it, I just don't think that was very clear. It the only reason why I realized that was and was was by uh, deriving it from the fact that something's missing. It says that you retrieve all tokens in play. This includes tokens in your pool and discard, as well as tokens assigned to enemies, mothership sections, and skills. Any tokens in your hold remain there. And then enemy cards, you retrieve all the enemy cards, and it's just absent 
that the damage, which I will say is called damage tokens, it doesn't say remove damage tokens from the mothership or reset the motherships for those motherships reset their counters. It just doesn't say it. And because yeah. thematically it's a time phase, that really, really should have been spelled out. Yeah, because you're, you're right. Thematically, it would make sense that you should reset everything, including the motherships and the damage and all that. But mechanically, you don't. I didn't have trouble with that. It, it made sense that that's not thematically, but mechanically it made sense that you should leave all that stuff there. So for whatever reason, it didn't bother me. But yeah, that is that whole, you're right. The whole warp thing could be explained better. There, there was a couple questions I had about it too. Mm-hmm. Like it says, you know, if, if you go to draw tokens from the bag and you can't draw enough tokens because there aren't any in the bag, that triggers the warp. And I was unclear did I actually draw those tokens already from the bag and thus they get shuffled back in or do I pull them out? Let's say I pulled out three and I ran out and then after I add all the other stuff back to the bag, then bring out two more. And that wasn't too clear to me. So I had to go on BGG and find an answer to that. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure I understand your question, but I'm glad it became clear to you. Yeah. So yeah, so so th- okay, so there are a couple of rules things. Though it's it's relatively simple game, so I don't think they're going to be big issues. I think that when it's the core, when it's the core new thing of the game, and it's not clear, like I feel that's a big issue. Okay, that that's a fair point. That is a fair point. All right, so this game sucks. Now, Albert, Albert. Now, even with that confusion, I wouldn't say it, it, it's still a pretty decent game. It is. I, I'm. I'm not saying one way or the other about the game. Although spoilers, I I do very much like it. Um, but I do think that the rule book had had enough issues that it needed another pass having said that let's move on to the theme albert what did you think about the theme especially since you read the entire thematic little book yes so okay so when you get the game the first thing you do and open the box the first thing there is a storybook which you're supposed to read that before you ever play the game yeah it's a pretty book it's got the same cover you're not supposed to read it before you play the first game you can't yeah (laughs) well i mean that's what they want you to do yeah you don't have to you could definitely play without doing that but the first you read the book it tells you a story about your fighter and it's a choose your own adventure story which i thought was really neat you go and you make a couple choices throughout the game now it's not really choose your own adventure in that they absolutely don't affect the future of the story much um it's just giving you three choices to make that will then affect how you play the first game you play how you set it up yeah, how you set it up, which mothership you're playing and which enemy card you have and which power-up card you have from the beginning or skill card, whatever it's called. So so it's really just for that and to give you some flavor and kind of explain the whole the whole warping idea. Um, so it's, I really like that. I really like that it set up the theme right away with that story and, and it kind of help you set up your first game, which kind of ties it all together. You know, it makes it a little more personal the first time you play. And I think that's just going to drive people to like the game more. The The story is not really good, though. <laughs> Sorry to say, but it was, it was kind of lame, and I was glad as soon as it was over. <laughs> but, you know, that that's not what you're getting this for. You're only nope. ever going to really read it once. I have not managed to even finish it. <laughs> that is my opinion on that story. <laughs> I'm sure most people don't. The uh, yeah, it, it took a lot to finish it. It really was. Anyway, so that that story will set the theme for you. But in general, the theme is pretty neat. The idea is that, like I said already, your your ship has a technology that could basically reset space using some sort of black hole quantum physics sort of thing. Um, 
You are very good at making up sciencey jargon. <laughs> Thank you. And so, so yes, yeah, so using that technology, basically what that means in the game is when you go through all the tokens in your bag, when you add the tokens back, you're going to reset some of the game. Um, and that's how the, the theme and the story ties mechanically into the game. Um, like I said, you're fighting the aliens. I thought it was kind of interesting in the, when you read the story. It kind of paints it... It reminds me of a Starship Troopers. I think the movie or the book where, where you're fighting these... Actually, I'm not sure about the book. You're fighting these aliens that are horrible, evil invaders bent on destroying humanity. But in truth, they're really aliens minding their own business and we went and attacked their planet. And you know they're just defending themselves and getting revenge now. <laughs> and the story seems a lot like that. So anyway, regardless, you're fighting these aliens and and you're... Where am I going with this? <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. And yeah, there's a mothership. You're fighting a mothership with aliens, and it's a space battle. So let me talk about the theme, from my opinion, for a sec. Okay. I I like the idea that they've done here. They've created a very thematic, resonating story. This idea of a starship all by itself that you have this new technology. And you're constantly warping through the, through time. They have created that, and the mechanics of the game continue to bear out that theme. Because we have this warp, we have this reset, um, everything goes back in. Like the mechanics bear out what it is that you're doing with the game. So I think there's a very strong thematic tie. My nitpick with the theme is that the the game at least sets up the idea that there's these different races of aliens. And even it becomes more important when you have the expansion with the Viren. But there's the Viren, there's the Talos, and the Guard. And so there's diff- these different races. And it doesn't really describe what the different species of aliens are but for some reason you're having to fight all three of them at once and there's not really a sort of meshing between how all three of them have ended up being followed together how for example you can have a a horde full of of viren ships and you're fighting a talos um mothership and I suppose mm-hmm. that the only reason why I continue to notice that is because the different races sort of have similar type structures. Like if you're familiar with um, the two-player deck-building combat space game, which I had a moment ago. Albert, it's like your favorite. Star group. Realms? Star Realms, thank you. So Star Realms, the different species all are similar. They do similar things. And the same is true for these ones, that the different species do similar things. Like if you see a Viren ship, you'll probably be able to pick out of the deck which ones are other Viren ships. And because you randomize each time about which ships, which enemies are going to be involved in the game, you could end up with a whole bunch of Viren or you could end up with a mix of all of them. But I started to recognize between them which are which when I was playing the game. And because of that, because I recognize them, I'll be able to tell, like, wait a second, it just, like, humorously, it happens to be, and this has happened to me a couple times, where I'm fighting a guard, for example, mothership, but I have a deck full of Viren enemies. And because I noticed that they all work differently, like, it just, it clashes a little bit. Hmm. You know, I I read the rule book, and the rule book, you pick one of the... You make some choice that basically determines which alien race you're fighting against. 
And you only have the enemies from that alien. But that's only and, true if you're doing the story setup. Not the right. Only when you do the story in the first time. And, you know, the mothership may end up telling you, like, oh, you end up using like 12 enemies, four of each difficulty. But there aren't 12 enemies of that type in the deck. So you end up having a smaller deck. So I think they really did that just for the initial setup to make it thematic. And, or not even thematic, well, to tie it to the story and give you a, a nice deck that's maybe thinner and makes the game easier to play, maybe not too challenging. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of what I think happened. But, you know, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Because each each alien type plays a little bit differently, it would be nice if you could have a deck that was all of one type. Like, if, there would need to be more cards for that. There would. And then you could choose what type you're in the mood to play against. There would. And there's enough space in the box for, for way more cards, so maybe mm. we'll do that at some point. Only a little bit of space in the box if you sleeve your cards and mine are sleeved. Oh, yeah, not mine. Well, it's a deep box. Start throwing out some of the inserts and you can do that. <laughs> um, well, we'll talk about the inserts once we get up to the components. Hey, Albert, guess what we're up to? Components? Would you like to talk about the components, Albert? Yeah, so the components in this game are mostly really great um, and, and quite impressive, honestly. You know, you open it, you get the, the storybook, which is just a neat little bonus. You get the rule book behind that. Then you get the a, a drawstring bag for all the tokens, which is nice. And it's got um, some stitching on the front, right? With a Renegade logo and some icon for the game and whatnot. Um, then you come across these two big trays in there, which is quite a surprise. And these are the neatest thing and totally unnecessary, but much appreciated. They're basically counter trays to store the counters for when you're playing. Um, it has all the counters you could buy in there and the ones that you will have for your specific ship. The And there's two trays. They bring lids on them, which is nice so they won't, the counters won't get all scattered. And they're, they're designed so that the counters are pretty easy to pull out, which is super neat. Below that, you're going to have a bunch of cardboard uh, for your ships and the motherships, and then another tray with uh, more counters, the specific power-ups depending on which ship you pick. And and what else? And all the different cards. Mm-hmm. And so the component, just going through all that is pretty, you know, just seeing that the first time was pretty darn neat. I was, I was quite impressed with all that. Um, We could get into the details of all the different types of components. We probably should describe them some. I don't think we need to describe everything. There's, right, there's the mothership boards. And you get like, I think, five different motherships you could play with in the base game. There's an expansion. There's three which in the base game. Three? Yeah. Three boards, five ships. Three boards, two ships in the base game. No, it's five ships. Five different ships. Three motherships. No, I'm sorry. Five five different motherships on the three boards because they're double-sided, yes, right? That is true. There and are five one, across and, the three boards, and there are yes. four starfighters across two boards. Yes. There we go. Okay, yeah. We agree. Just not explaining it clearly. Sorry. So so you're going to have all that. Each mothership is neat because it'll play a little different. Um, there's different difficulty levels for each one. You're going to have your spaceship. You can, again, pick from four different ones. Again, they're each a little different. Some are tougher. Some are weaker. They each get their own five power-up tokens. There's there's regular power-up tokens and a special yellow power-up token. The special yellow one is specific to each ship. So you're going to have one per ship type. The rest get shared in their more basic kind of power-ups. Like, you know, do some extra damage type things or extra shields or maneuvers or whatever it is. Um, What else in the components, Julius? 
Because um, all the enemies. There are. There's a deck of enemies. There's double-sided boards. Um, let me talk about a couple nitpicks if I can. Okay. Um, first of all, the nitpick. If you're familiar with Tiny Epic Games, which is another game by Scott Alms, <laughs> the tiny little tokens for keeping track of hull, shield, the mothership, and the warp markers immediately reminded me of those because yeah, so they cute. are little tiny tokens. <laughs> they are like five millimeters tall. They are the teeniest little tokens. And they're they're essentially like cubes for the most part like they could just be cubes like on many games it's just a cube push where you're using cubes to track how much stuff you have that's about the size of them yeah yeah they're they're these teeny little tiny tokens i'm not sure now, why we felt we needed them to be quite so teeny tiny <laughs> there's they're space tiny. in the box for bigger tokens and now it's worth saying they're, they're nice tokens other than the, <laughs> the itty bitty size, you know, yeah. they're screen printed on them and they're shaped and all that. They're not cubes, right? You know, they actually got shapes. Like one is your ship and it's shaped like a spaceship with a little screen printed ship on it, <laughs> but it's itty bitty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my personal pr- preference on this kind of thing is usually to be able to have a stack of shield tokens and you deal, you know, five shield tokens and three hull tokens or what have you. And, you make a stack of those just because I think that's more durable, I guess. I definitely understand how people have different opinions on such things. I, I'm, I don't like how tiny they are. They're, they're tiny. Um, yeah. And functionally the, the size is an issue because they get knocked around more easily too. They're, they're just too easy to just bump slightly and off they go flying. <laughs> and so that is, so, that yeah, is, there is a, a nitpick, but that is a nitpick that I want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, another. And there's nitpick. one more about the tokens. Go on. That really bugged me. Do you have the same one? I wonder. It's it's the the tokens for your ship. They drive me crazy because there is a blue token that represents your ship, right? And it goes on the yellow track. <laughs> and there's a yellow token that represents your shields and goes on the green track. <laughs> why couldn't they the ship tokens match the the track colors? I oh why oh why. <laughs> Yeah, I, I suppose that didn't bother me too much because I did just go with the icons on it and the icons are distinct. Yeah. So I suppose that didn't bother me. Um, when someone else pointed out to me, I did go like, Ugh, why? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's it's functional. You know, again, it totally works. But every time I pull it out of the box to set it up, the first time I set it up for for a play, it's like, why, why is it like that? That doesn't make any sense. And yeah, after that, it's totally fine. It's just... I do not it's disagree. Little, little tiny details that could have been made a little bit better. Another detail that I do feel could have been better is the token trays. And here's why. They have the token trays. First of all, there's three spots. There's three types of token trays. There's sort of the bottom token, the bottom tray, which holds the cards and the tokens that you're not using in the game, as well as the starting tokens. Um, because similar to another deck builder or bag builder or supply builder, whatever you have the starting tokens and you have sort of a weak deck built of those. So same thing here. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of white bordered tokens, which go in the bottom tray. And so that tray just, I am not quite sure what their intention was on how you're supposed to organize that tray. And I know I've messed with it a couple ways and I'm not sure what the intention really was. 
sort of everything fits, but that's not, that's not the bigger issue for me. What I have more issues about is the token trays themselves, because the way they did it is they did a flat top to it and then put essentially a big sticker over the big flat top. And on mine, that ends up with having the stickers being a little bit overlapping the wells for the tokens. So depending on which one, I'm frequently butting up against that well, which does cause a little bit of a snag when tokens are coming out. Now that I'm confident over time that's going to wear out, I understand that that is a hard thing to get perfect alignment for, but it's certainly not like game trays quality because the way that game trays or someone else would do it would be that the icons that they wanted to print on stickers instead would be sort of built into the trays itself that, that the mold would have those. And I understand there'd be difficult here because they wanted to both have the printing for the name for the color as well, which is the big point, um, as well as the cost. And while the name and cost could theoretically have been molded, it's certainly more clear and visible when you can both print those and put those in colors with the stickers. Mm-hmm. I think the way I would have preferred to have done it would just have been to have the stickers be in the front instead of being over the whole thing. I think that would have made for an easier token from trade for me to pull out where I don't have that lip. Yeah, that probably lowered the production cost too and, and effort because I'm sure they had all sorts of issues getting those stuck on and probably throwing away trays here and there just because they got sticker all over it. That's possible. But I yeah, I, I I didn't have a problem. I got lucky my sticker overlay is just fine. I'm, I'm surprised what you said about the, the bottom tray. Well, my cards are not sleeved, but everything fits perfectly. What I am doing different is those white border tokens, the ones that you start the game with that go in your draw bag. I always keep that in the upper trays because those are empty when I'm not playing. Huh. So I Do just you keep have them there empty spaces in the bottom token bag then? In the in the bottom tray? Yeah. Yes, there's one empty space. Well, there's there a go. space for the, the little the little wooden tokens, and there's another one that looks just like it, and that other one just sits empty. Huh. Well, you apparently have a different layout from, than me for the bottom one. And unlike the top one where the layout is very clear, the bottom one doesn't really have a clear way of doing it. And I'm not really sure what they intended with it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. The the uh, and since we're just doing a lot of complaining about a game, I think we like the the upper tray has a lid, <laughs> and the lid I found it hard to to get the trays out because of the lid. So in the end, I just got an exacto knife, and there's a finger groove on the bottom tray, but the the finger groove is filled in on the lid. I cut off that that space on the lid, and now it's all just easy to pull out. Well, speaking of things we cut off, that lid also has these pegs that stick up to hold things in place during shipping, but it makes it Mm -hmm. harder to fit in the boards once you're putting everything back. So I actually cut off those boards as well, the the pegs. Okay. I left mine on. They haven't been an issue for me. (laughs) Interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it's funky, you know, it's, it's, it's a really nice tray and it's, it's a lot of thought was put into all this. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of love that went into it. And yet we're both finding issues with it, different issues in each case that we, we felt we needed to do something about to make it better for ourselves. 
I mean, it's the last 10%. Like, it's it's almost there. It's certainly better than other games that, that have not had that high production. And I can see that they put a lot of thought and production into it. But, you know, there, there are certainly issues. I don't want any of that to overshadow the fact that I think that, in general, the components are really good. The tokens mm-hmm. look really nice. The iconization with the one exception I brought up earlier are really nice icons. It's very easy and simple to play, and all the components help bring that home. But there certainly is like that, just a little bit more. I think, just a nitpick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I agree. Should we move on to gameplay, please? All right. So we've already said it a few times. This is a a a bag building game, right? You're gonna have a drawstring bag, and you pull counters out of it, and and I guess we should talk about how the game works mechanically. We've already mentioned the mothership a bunch, and we have mentioned that there's enemy cards, but we haven't really talked about them. There's basically three levels of enemies, red, orange, and yellow, yellow being the easiest. When you set up the game, you'll have the easiest ones at the top and the hard ones at the bottom. You're going to set up four of them on the board, in the table in front of you, basically below the mothership. And depending on which mothership you're fighting, some of them are protecting the mothership, and the mothership can't be attacked or can't attack you until all the enemies are gone. Other cases, the mothership is accessible at any point. Um, anyway, so you can have the four there in front of you, and then below that you have your ship with your tokens on it. The fighting the enemies is done using the count as you draw from the bag. Each enemy could be attacked with lasers or could be outmaneuvered to lose them. The the attacks are pink tokens and the maneuvers are blue tokens. And each enemy will have a, a value of how many points you have to spend to defeat that card. Um, so, for example, if it, if it says three in the in the laser side, you got to spend three points of laser from your from the tokens you've pulled out of your bag to destroy it. When you destroy an enemy, you're going to get a reward. The reward is different whether you're getting the the laser you distorted it with laser or avoided it with maneuvers. And you're going to get whatever reward it says, which is a token. Generally speaking, it's a token. And if it is, you'll throw that in your bag. And you now have more tokens to play with. <laughs> By the way, this was another issue that I had with the game. Um, it, it's not obvious, but when you destroy a ship, I at first, couple games I played, I was getting both rewards, both the maneuver and laser reward, whatever I did. It wasn't obvious that you only got one or the other. Right, so if you destroy the ship with lasers, you get the laser reward. If you destroy it with maneuver, you get the maneuver reward. But um, you will do that spending all the tokens you do from the bag this round, which is generally speaking five. And then you will, once you have finished doing everything you can and you have finished the round, you will fill the reward with four cards, or up to four cards, and refill your hand with five tokens again, and then repeat another round. This defeating these enemies and gaining tokens until eventually you could actually attack the mothership itself and defeat it, hopefully. That's basically how the gameplay goes. I've glossed over much, much detail, I think. <laughs> Not enough um, that I don't think it should be clear when we're discussing it to our listeners. Yeah. We probably should talk a little bit about the bag, what's in the bag, right? There's a couple types of tokens. Go for it. There's the laser tokens. They could be a value one, two, or three, potentially. There's the maneuver tokens, which are always a value one. And there's the energy tokens, which are, again, one, two, or three value. And then besides those, there's the power tokens, 
which I think is cute how they did this. Each time, each ship you're going to play, you have five different tokens, and they're they're called power tokens, and there's five types. One of them is going to be the P token, one's the O token, one's a W, another E, and then the R. <laughs> which I just thought was just kind of neat and cute little touch. Um, again, they each do special things. Some of them, for example, will let you shoot two ships at once. So instead of using a, a laser for one specific ship, you could use it for two adjacent ships. Another one lets you do the same thing with maneuvers. There's some that do extra damage. There's some that do extra damage or maybe do a little bit of damage, but don't block against that enemy. Because um, I didn't talk about how the enemies could attack back when, when you didn't shoot them. And and then there's the yellow special ones that tend to be much more powerful and pretty nice. One more important thing I want to mention is the uh, mm-hmm. items that you get to bring along or potentially even earn mm-hmm. over the course of the game. Uh, every time when you start your setting up, you'll have access to a skill card. And technically what you do is you draw two, get to pick one of them that you want to bring along, and then shuffle the rest into make a deck. And sometimes you'll be rewarded while you'll be able to use those skill cards. Skill cards usually have an activation cost. Some of them have a activation cost that actually requires you to remove a token from the game and then it's permanently activated for you know the rest of it um i think and the reason why i specifically want to mention those is because among all the different types of things that help really increase replayability i think that this is something that may potentially go unnoticed in increasing replayability there's a lot of different things here that increase replayability. You have the different starfighters and you have the different motherships, but you also have the different skill cards and having different skill cards can sometimes change the sort of things that you want to focus on because you may want to try and pivot towards more power or more evade or more lasers depends on the sort of the skill cards that you may want to be able to take advantage of over the course of the game. Sometimes that's also going to be based on what sort of enemies it is that you pull out, because as Albert mentioned, the enemies, you know, you can either evade them or shoot them and they'll have different ways of getting rid of them. And because you're running a warp, a time warp here, you'll learn some insight about what is required to most efficiently defeat all the enemies. And you'll need to be efficient because each time you have to go through all the enemies in order to be able to damage the mothership. So sometimes you want to tailor your deck to be able to make sure that you're being as efficient as possible, but sort of be efficient over the grand scale of it, as opposed to trying necessarily focus on a one specific enemy because the enemy could end up getting buried in the enemy deck. Mm-hmm. Yep. That I think we've we've pretty much talked about the rules a lot, plenty. We don't need to say much more, um, though there still are a lot of details. I think it's worth mentioning though how you could lose the game. Or how you win the game. You win the game if you destroy the mothership. You, you lose, lose the, the game, game if the mothership destroys you. If the mothership destroys you or if you run out of time because you have warped too many times and, and you can't do another warp. And that depends on the mothership. Each mothership has a different number of warps you could do fighting you know, while you fight it. Which, and it's generally four. Um, so once you have gone through the bag four times, the game is over. And that, that's what mm-hmm. that means. Yep. You're out of charges, and you're out, and you have no more power left. Yep. And now you can drift in space, just dust. No, there is no drifting <laughs> in space. You are dusted. <laughs> you are blown <laughs> up. All right, so so there we go. That's the that's the mechanics in a nutshell. Um, glossed over, sort of like the rule book did. <laughs> um, what's next, Julius? 
Uh, well, Abba, did you have any comment? I, I gave my comment on the gameplay. I mentioned about the replayability. Did you have any other comments about the gameplay? What you thought of it? No, I mean, I think I've been saying a lot. I like the game. I, I think it's really interesting gameplay, and it's very quick. And and the whole process of spending your tokens that you've drawn from the bag each round is very puzzly and, and very satisfying. I think I enjoy that gameplay. I don't yeah, have anything else to say about it. There becomes a number of different levers because... If you don't engage an enemy, then it'll have the opportunity to fire back against you. But sometimes you'll selectively want to engage an enemy so that you don't refresh a whole line or so that the mothership can't engage you. Or sometimes you want to rush forward and go as fast as you can. There becomes a lot of different sort of levers that you can toggle, especially over the course of a whole game, about things you can do. And I personally am a fan of bag builders, deck builders, those sorts of things. And I like how it's implemented in this one. There's a lot of choices over the course of the game. And there's a lot of definitive times where your choices will have a strong effect on how the battle is going to be uh, played out on whether or not, you know, you win or lose. So it, it becomes very satisfying to see how your decisions can potentially help you to win. And I don't think I've ever felt like I'm losing just because the bag didn't give me the one token I need, especially since I'm the one who built the bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all my fault if I didn't build the bag. Well, I suppose, um, especially because at the end of it, you're going to be seeing the whole bag each round. It may not come out in quite the right order, but if you've tried to stack the deck hoping for a specific thing to come out at a specific time, well, I, that that's not necessarily the best strategy to be going for. Right, so yeah, There's definitely some luck in the game. There is definitely some luck, but it does feel like it's something that's controllable and it feels like your decisions have a strong outcome for whether or not you're going to be finishing up the game. So... That means that for me, I very much enjoy that style of gameplay where it plays light and fast. Usually for me, these games are over in about 30 minutes on average. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to run through the game and enjoy the whole process of the game and enjoy the whole decision making without requiring a whole lot of setup, a whole lot of uh, involvement, a ton of tokens, a, a board full of all the different sorts of things going on it all it, it, you, it's almost literally pull out the tokens from the trays pull out the right power tokens and you're ready to go it doesn't take a whole lot more than that yes yeah, so quick all of that for me leads to this being a very enjoyable game uh, you know possibly one of the top of 2020 i think it's it's really a lot of fun i very much am enjoying it um the game does have an expansion available for it which is the virin expansion and mm -hmm. for the most part, that just adds more of the same stuff. It's more enemies, more starfighters, and more motherships. I don't think it's necessarily required, although it's highly recommended, because, again, that's more replayability. That means more plays you can get out of the game, more variability to it. I think that that just adds to the fun, but nothing particularly noteworthy in that. There is one, there is one other component upgrade that's available, which are the premium tokens which if you play the game with the stuff that comes out of the box, you have cardboard tokens for your bag build. And I think those tend to me to get a lot of wear on them. You could theoretically put them in uh, coin capsules to make those live a bit longer, uh, but then they won't fit in the trays. So there mm -hmm. is a plastic set that is available from Renegade Games 
Um, the ones that I got had some noticeable dings on them, but I know that Renegade Games have said that they're reprinting it and are going to make those available for a brand new set because they weren't happy with the amount of dings that came out in the first round. So I guess we'll get back to that one when it comes out. But on the whole, I'm quite happy with the heft and feel of them. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I I uh, ordered it from them, but I, I pre-ordered it because I didn't have any more available right now. Yeah, so I'll have to be- wait a month or two. Um, I really like the expansion. I, I, I like that it adds a lot of variability and I like that it doesn't really add new sets of rules to, to put in and all that. It's just more of the same. And in this game, it's great because this game, even though it has a lot of variability, more of the same is nice. I, I love having the, all the different motherships to pick from, especially. One thing though, apparently the expansion is not available outside the US because you could only order it f- directly from them. And they don't ship out of the U.S., so that may be an issue for some listeners. Unfortunately, the, the good thing is it's, it's like Julia said; it's not necessary. It's not critical. It's just just adding more options. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be available on you know other stores at one point in time once it becomes more. I hope so. Yeah. Apparently, what I read is the only way to get outside of the U.S. right now is if if your friendly local game store had had backed it when it was originally, I guess, kickstarted. I, I don't know. This was reading BGG. That's not anything definitive. I just assumed that it was all fact. No way to know. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Overall, I really like this game. Really, really surprised how much fun it is. Yep. And just how how simple and just it's great. Other than all all that time we spent complaining, other than that, it's a fantastic game. I mean, <laughs> the nitpicks are there. I certainly think that there's a little bit more they could have done on on the tokens. Uh, excuse me, not on the tokens, on the trays. I think that there's more that could have been done, and I'm sure that's a learning process. It used to be you didn't get any sort of valuable trays. You threw them away. So the mere fact that they're being included and more widely just in various different games just shows that you know the, the hobby is increasing, which is always a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah, but, these trays are pretty these trays are pretty cutting edge, I think, too, and, and available in, in terms of what they do. Right. So the fact that they're not perfect, you know, it's it's not a surprise, I guess. It's definitely laud them for the effort. So yeah, I highly recommend it. I really like this game. I'm very happy with it. And I can recommend it for anyone who would like a bag builder like that one. Excellent. Julius, should we do this uh recording again then? No, Albert. I think that's uh I think we're <laughs> out of warps for me. I think that's about it. <sighs> okay. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus and can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.